Hey there, my wonderful friends and fellow seekers of good vibes. It's your bass maestro, Horace Morris, bringing you the groovy beats from the heart of the Merkle Treehouse on this soulful November 8th, 2023. In today's harmonious journey, we're diving deep into the essence of truth and the art of discernment. Amidst the cacophony of information and dissonance that engulfs us, the rhythm of truth stands out like a melodious tune that resonates deep within the soul. But catching that groove, that rhythm of truth, is like discovering the perfect notes in life's intricate symphony. It takes skill, it takes sensitivity, and most importantly, it requires an unwavering quest for authenticity. So, let's sway to the cadence of truth, harmonize with its melodies, and keep that discerning spirit alive and kicking. Together, we'll explore the harmonious tunes of authenticity that lead us to the core truths of our lives. Now, without holding back any longer, I'm thrilled to present to you the Luminary, the guardian of soundness, that groovy chick who keeps the vibe alive, the incredible, the remarkable, Ms. Audrey Merkel. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Horace. Ladies and gentlemen, we are thrilled you have joined us today at the Merkel Treehouse. Before we jump into Chapter 9 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War, ordinal inscriptions are once again sending transaction fees higher as they gobble up block space on the time chain. Sammy Nash is here with details. Sammy, what do you have for us? That's right, folks. Our beloved time chain is under assault with ordinal inscriptions hogging block space, turning the hard-as-nails Bitcoin into a playground for digital collectible fantasies. We're not talking real Picassos here. We're talking about digital Picassos that exist in a realm of dreams, where the real value is about as stable as a Jenga tower on a roller coaster. Bitcoin's just out there trying to hold the fort as the hardest, most stable form of money. And what do we do? Turn it into a high-priced meme of the month club. Ah, progress. Bitcoin's transaction fees are going up faster than a helium balloon. We're talking $6 per transaction. It's like the Wild West out there, except instead of gold rushes, it's a rush for block space. The result of all this is that transactions with reasonable fees will confirm much more slowly than normal. And let me tell you folks, I don't know about you, but I hate waiting for my transactions to go through. It's like watching grass grow. What the hell? I've got a low time preference anyway. Nearly a million of these ordinal mints have decided to sprout like an overzealous garden party in the past week, congesting our poor little mempool. It's like someone yelled free drinks at the bar and the place got swarmed. The miners are enjoying the high fees, earning a whopping 8.5% of their revenue from fees alone on November 6th. It's like watching them find a $20 bill in their pocket after doing laundry. These ordinal inscriptions sure know how to make the time chain pop like a champagne cork. But remember, bide your time and let those fees be the sideshow, not the main event. This is Sammy Nash signing off and reminding you to keep stacking that sweet, sweet corn. Sayonara, folks. Thank you, Sammy. For those of you lost over ordinal inscriptions, we send you now to our dynamic duo Eli and Polly for an explainer. Hi, I'm Eli. Have you ever heard of something called Bitcoin ordinals? It's a special way to keep track of how transactions are happening on the Bitcoin time chain. So, with ordinals, every tiny piece of Bitcoin, called a Satoshi, has its own number, like a special ID. But here's the thing. It's not like a normal number you learn in math class. It's just a special way to look at the Bitcoin time chain, like putting on a pair of silly glasses that make everything look different. This way of numbering things helps keep track of digital things that get added to the time chain. 
like putting stickers on a chart to show the different things that happened. Some people think this way of numbering is really important, but others disagree. One thing that's important to know is that people who want to add things to the time chain and get their own special number have to pay a fee. Even though the fees are going up, these people are paying them fairly to get their special number. How come you're so dumb about this, Eli? Leave me alone, Polly. Your breath stinks. No, it doesn't. Mom said you couldn't do the show today because you need to finish your homework, so go away. I'm taking a break from the gaping maw of the NPC factory, known as the public school system. It is a mind-numbing exercise to actively avoid their persistent brainwashing techniques and woke platitudes. Anyway, it's not right that these people are driving up fees to put JPEGs on the time chain. It's really rude, and someone needs to tell their mom. That's gatekeeper talk, Polly. Bitcoin is a censorship-resistant network. Besides, ordinals by themselves are just imaginary like Santa Claus. What? You take that back. Never mind. Listen, Polly. Rising transaction fees on Bitcoin are not always a bad thing. Think of it like a popular playground. When more kids want to play on the swings, there will be a longer line, right? But that doesn't mean the playground is broken. It means more kids want to play and have fun. Okay, well, I'll think about it a little more, but I'm telling Santa what you said. Thank you, children. Now, without further ado, Chapter 9 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War. Chapter 9. New Battlefields On March 17, 2017, a significant date in this ongoing saga, a collective of major exchanges, including Bitfinex, Kraken, and Bitstamp, delivered a pivotal blow to Bitcoin Unlimited. In a unified statement, they declared that they would not recognize Bitcoin Unlimited as the true Bitcoin, even if it commanded the majority of hashing power. They further stipulated that any implementation leading to a fracture in consensus must incorporate replay protection. Since it appears likely we may see a hard fork initiated by the Bitcoin Unlimited project, we have decided to designate the Bitcoin Unlimited fork as BTU. The Bitcoin Core implementation will continue to trade as BTC and all exchanges will process deposits and withdrawals in BTC even if the BTU chain has more hashing power. Some exchanges intend to list BTU and all of us will try to take steps to preserve and enable access to customers BTU. However, none of the undersigned can list BTU unless we can run both chains independently without incident. Consequently, we insist that the Bitcoin Unlimited community, or any other consensus-breaking implementation, build in strong two-way replay protection. Exchanges. March 17, 2017. You see, when the exchanges were hollering for strong two-way replay protection, what they meant was they wanted the format of transactions to change on the new coin. This change would make sure that the same transactions wouldn't be played out on both chains once the split happened. Why? Well, it was to help the exchanges do their duty as keepers of folks' assets, making sure they didn't get tangled up in the chaos. 
This also meant that Bitcoin wouldn't need to gamble on a chain reorganization as users were running different versions. It would neatly split them chains in two, and both could go on their merry way without causing too much fuss. In a definitive move, trading platforms delineated their stance. Despite the large blockers' hopes, these platforms categorically labeled Bitcoin Unlimited as an alternative coin, distinct from Bitcoin. Furthermore, drawing insights from the Ethereum Classic situation, they made it clear that Bitcoin Unlimited would not be supported if it lacked replay protection. Then, on March 18, 2017, just a day after the exchange announcement, Bitfinex introduced futures contracts for Bitcoin Unlimited versus Bitcoin Core. These contracts had a critical and enduring impact on the block size war. Bitfinex permitted users to bifurcate their Bitcoin into two tokens, BCC symbolizing Bitcoin Core and BTU representing Bitcoin Unlimited. Both tokens were freely tradable for Bitcoin on the Bitfinex platform, allowing investors to assert their stance with tangible investments. Well, folks, this was a mighty shift in the battle. It went from just being folks hollering at each other to real money on the line. You see, some of them large blockers always felt like they were in a bit of a bind. They thought most folks were on their side, and they'd win if they could just put their money where their mouth was. Let the market decide, they'd say. And now finally we got ourselves a market, at least a little bit of one. Most folks had good things to say about this and they liked the idea. The only downside, and it was a big one, was if you wanted to bet on this situation you had to trust Bitfinex with your money for about nine months. Now Bitfinex hadn't had the best track record with some major hacks in their history. As for the price of that Bitcoin Unlimited token, well, it never got above 20% of the Bitcoin's price. A month ago, I was explaining the attack on Bitcoin SHA-2 Hashcash, which is exploited by ASIC Boost and the various steps which could be used to block it in the network if it became a problem. While most discussion of ASIC Boost has focused on the overt method of implementing it, there also exists a covert method for using it. As I explained one of the approaches to inhibit covert ASIC Boost, I realized that my words were pretty much also describing the SegWit commitment structure. An incompatibility would go a long way to explain some of the more inexplicable behavior from some parties in the mining ecosystem, so I began looking for supporting evidence. Reverse engineering of a particular mining chip has demonstrated conclusively that ASIC boost has been implemented in hardware. Gregory Maxwell, Bitcoin developer mailing list, April 5th, 2017. Gregory Maxwell's accusation struck at the heart of the debate, challenging Bitmain and Jihan Wu's opposition to SegWit. The allegation was grave. Bitmain purportedly concealed an ulterior motive. According to Maxwell, the company allegedly uncovered a clandestine mining optimization, a proof-of-work shortcut. The catch was that it wouldn't function if blocks included SegWit transactions. Well now it looked like the beans had been spilt. It seemed Bitmain opposing SegWit was not just because they thought it was too complicated or needed leverage for a hard fork but also because they wanted to protect Bitmain's profits. Two days after Gregory Maxwell's allegations, Bitmain hollered back. Bitmain has tested ASIC Boost on the testnet, but has never used ASIC Boost on the mainnet as implied in Gregory Maxwell's proposal. 
We ask conclusive proof from whoever claims this to be false, because such baseless claims are toxic for the Bitcoin space. Bitmain holds the Isaac Boost patent in China. We can legally use it in our own mining farms in China to profit from it and sell the cloud mining contracts to the public. Segwit is not running in production because the conditions made clear in the Hong Kong agreement have not been met. Gregory Maxwell's recent proposal suggests to make Isaac Boost more difficult. The result of this would be a loss for the patent owners and the Bitcoin protocol. The patent owners will get nothing and Bitcoin protocol will become more complicated. The Bitcoin community suffered a grave misfortune when Maxwell led the coup against Gavin Andreessen and removed his GitHub commit access. It is now incumbent upon us as a community to figure out how to find a new core developer group that does not busy itself with attacking one of Bitcoin's largest investors Veer, one of its largest exchanges Coinbase, and its largest mining equipment provider, Bitmain. Bitmain blog post, April 7, 2017. While Bitmain refuted the utilization of covert ASIC boost, an admission regarding their possession of a covert ASIC boost patent heightened skepticism among small blockers about their assertions. Meanwhile, the large blockers had already shifted away from supporting SegWit, exhibiting minimal comprehension of the matter at hand. However, Jihan Wu's stance wasn't the sole concern for core developer Gregory Maxwell. His vigilance extended to other significant figures within the large block faction. As you might be aware, Craig Wright has started up a new round of scamming. I believe this time around he is seeking to pull in funding from investors in Asia who are too technically unsophisticated to see through his fraudulent claims. His scams divert funding that might otherwise flow into the legitimate cryptocurrency industry, make our work look like a scam, and risk encouraging further state action which would be adverse to our interests. We disagree on many things, but I hope we can find agreement to act in concert to protect Bitcoin's reputation. Would this be something you might consider supporting? Gregory Maxwell. Email sent to Roger Veer, April 14th, 2017. I don't think Craig is a scammer. I think he is Satoshi, but deserves his privacy if that is what he wants. Roger Veer. Reply to Gregory Maxwell. April 17th, 2017. As the conflict between small blockers and big blockers persisted, the reverberations of the block size war transcended the confines of the Bitcoin network and extended their impact to another cryptocurrency community. As a means to allay the doubts of those skeptical about the SegWit solution, aiming to expand block capacity, a strategic decision was made to initiate its implementation on Litecoin first. My dear listeners, as we come to the end of our show, I would like to extend a warm welcome to all the shitcoiners and degenerates who have chosen to join us on the Bitcoin time chain. While it is true that you are free to participate in this network if you pay the fees, I must emphasize that NFTs are nothing more than crypto self-gratification, regardless of which chain they reside on. I have seen countless NFT projects that rely heavily on empty marketing gimmicks and appeal to the most animalistic of dopamine junkies. This behavior is not only disgusting, but also reeks of high-time preference, which is a dangerous mindset in any financial endeavor. Ordinal inscriptions are no different, you dumb apes. I would like to close by saying, 
If your aim is to put something like dick butt JPEGs on the base layer of the time chain, I sincerely hope your descendants never find out, because they will hang their heads in shame. Stop being a twerp. And with that, episode 74 of the Merkle Treehouse comes to a close. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the absolute best in Bitcoin mindshare. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Once again, it's the real Horace Morris and his genuine Merkle Treehouse band. Howdy there, folks. Pinto Pete here, just wanted to give you all a friendly nudge. Remember to hitch a ride on over to your favorite Noster client and give us a follow. Our end pub is in the show notes. And if you're feeling mighty kind and leave us a comment or share our notes, well, we'll be zapping our gratitude your way and that's a guarantee. So let's saddle up and ride the trails together and remember we're always grateful for your support.